Hello, Metro Atlanta music lovers. Welcome to Digging Underground. I hope you're recovering well from the weekend because it's time to start planning for the next one with your content recommendation for the week of March 27th. There's an amazing lineup of shows coming up this week as always, but there's one in particular I'd like to point you towards. Because this is our first episode, we're going to start with a group that is sure to rouse up nostalgia and passion from old-timers and resonate with a new generation as well. They brought Riot Girl to the forefront. They grossed out the more conservative among us with their graphic and unfiltered descriptions of sex, bodies, and violence. They demonized male concertgoers who used the concert environment as an excuse to harass and assault women. They wore what they wanted and looked how they wanted to prove their authenticity. They gave everything in their live shows and music to truly show the rage and emotion that came with being a woman in the 90s and beyond. They were, to put it bluntly, hated and shunned by their communities at large. They let the punk, rock, and general music scene know that feminism was coming, and it wasn't going to be pretty to anyone who stood in opposition. This is Bikini Kill, and they're playing at the Eastern on April 1st. The uninitiated, or those who just need a quick reminder, let's quickly go over everything you need to know about Bikini Kill. Bikini Kill as we know them in 2023 are not exactly the same as they were when they were dropping jaws and yelling directly into the ear of the patriarchy like they were in the 90s. Not because their attitude has changed, but because breakups in time have morphed the group. Bikini Kill as they were in the 90s was Kathleen Hanna, who could have an entire documentary made about her life and work as an activist and musician. There is. It's called The Punk Singer, and it's pretty fantastic. Billy Karen, Kathy Wilcox, and Toby Vale. The group started in 1990 in Olympia, Washington, as an extension of the activism and community involvement the members already engaged in, with most of the members already active in punk zine culture, zine referring to fan-made and more creative magazines that were popular in art at the time, think Raygun Magazine, and having been involved in previous musical projects in the area. It's genuinely difficult to keep track of the extensive amount of work these people have been involved with over time, but Bikini Kill itself was originally active from 1990 to 1997, with the band amicably disbanding after seven grueling years of self-releases, an EP, albums, singles, and enduring a volley of hatred from many different sides. Today, they maintain everyone from the original lineup, minus guitarist Billy Karen. Since the reunion tours began in 2017, guitarist Erica Don Lyle and Sarah Landau have taken his place at different times. It's almost impossible to talk about a group as impactful as Bikini Kill without mentioning their pioneering of the Riot Girl genre, but let's take a second to examine how the band sees themselves. It's incredibly interesting and makes their music and concerts more engaging to know that Bikini Kill feel misrepresented or that history has been rewritten by considering them to be the shining heralds of 90s punk. In hindsight, we can love and celebrate them for their work, but during their time, they were villainized, assaulted, and ostracized. Punk as we see it today is a much more welcoming and opening community than it was even 30 years ago, and much of this openness is owed to the groups who fought to make sure bigotry and abuse were killed at the source. 
Kathleen Hanna was known to jump into crowds to personally remove male hecklers and encourage girls to come to the front of the stage in order to form a ring of protection and acceptance. The fact that these misunderstood pioneers who gave us so much are still playing for us is incredible, and I believe this makes their show so much more impactful to young and old concertgoers alike. Let's zoom back out now. Yes, this band is incredibly important, and they demand respect for what they've done. However, we also need to make sure we understand the general character of the band and the music they release. After all, this is a group who have a notable single titled I Like Fucking and pen incredible lyrics such as Let's Wipe Our Cum on My Parents' Bed. So, you as a concertgoer need to make sure you can appreciate their impact as well as be able to enjoy and resonate with the music and its themes. Speaking of music, let's go over some of it. As you can probably imagine from a mostly DIY punk band from the 90s, much of Bikini Kill's early music sounds a bit rough when compared to modern-day contemporaries. This is no fault of their own, nor do I think it's a weakness at all. Blown-out mixes and grating recordings can be signs of a bad band, but the story is different with Bikini Kill. Their music has an undeniably authentic feel, as if four friends are blasting music out of a garage with battered instruments. This might literally be the case, but it also greatly serves the music's themes and purpose. This music is meant to be played in a small, cramped venue or from a barely working CD player in a 17-year-old's room. Is Hannah the most gifted vocalist in the world? No. Are the instrumental performances virtuosic? No. Is their sound wholly original? No. Is it impactful? Yes. I think this is especially important within the context of a live performance. Live music can somewhat fix the issues of low fidelity in recording and make songs sound different live versus recorded. However, when songs and performances are laced with character, you're getting a fulfilling experience either way. This is what you'll get with Bikini Kill. Character and faithful performances. Much of the lyrical subject matter across Bikini Kill's discography deals with similar topics. Sex, love, anger, the hidden world of teenagers and young adults that parents don't see, struggle, hardship, all the things you wouldn't be surprised to see in punk music. However, I think Bikini Kill present these ideas from a different lens, and this makes them more compelling. Here's a quick run-through of some of my favorite lyrics. In recent tour dates, Bikini Kill have been playing songs from all across their catalog, so let's quickly go over projects and what you're likely to hear. Expect songs from Revolution Girl Style Now, the first organized Bikini Kill project. The songs here range from straightforward, simple songs that get their strength from the intense emotion in their delivery, 
such as Suck My Left One, and more nuanced thematic songs like Carnival, a song about the seedy underbelly of the carnival, as Hannah puts it, that teenagers experience but others don't see. Your ears may not like it at times, but your heart will. You're bound to hear songs from Yeah, 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 the band's second release. These songs are short ragers that follow similar patterns from Revolution Girl style now. The band's full-length studio debut, Pussy Whipped, has been described as the first great Riot Girl album. This is where Bikini Kill began to gain notoriety outside of their own circle. If you're looking for a slightly upped production value with the same punk character and charm, you should start here. At a scant 28 minutes, the next studio release was Reject All-American, an album that saw more branches into musicality and different song styles. It's still loud and in your face, but a bit more listenable to someone of delicate taste. Lastly, some of the most popular songs in Bikini Kill's catalog come in the form of single releases, compiled in a release called The Singles. Some of these songs feature notably better production quality and musicality, so this is surely a place to start if you want to dip your toes into not only Bikini Kill, but also this style of music. New Radio is an eternal classic. So, now we have a baseline understanding of who Bikini Kill are, what they sound like, and what you might hear at a live show. Speaking of live show, that's what this is all about, isn't it? So, where is the show taking place? For all intents and purposes, the Eastern is Atlanta's it girl for acts that aren't quite cool enough to play at State Farm, but might be a bit big for Terminal West. You may catch a still romantic act like Waste Blood or Father John Misty here, or Bikini Kill. And it's really built to be a versatile venue. Let's look at some specs. The most important thing to start with, parking. Luckily, the Eastern has a great sized parking deck located directly next to the venue with an easily walkable terrace connecting the two. Chances are you'll never spend more than $8 to the deck's low parking costs, so you'll be happy knowing you won't have to walk far or pay an unreasonable sum for the convenience. If you for some reason want to bike or scooter to a late night punk show, you can also take the Beltline, which runs right next to the venue. This is usually a standing room only venue. This is to be expected of venues of this size, but there is plenty of room when compared to other popular venues like the Masquerade. You can stand on the floor right in front of the band, or on one of three balcony tiers to enjoy the show. There is a bar, of course, but actually, there's three. But actually, there's all those plus a restaurant on the roof and bars and restaurants in the surrounding buildings in the dairies, the area where the Eastern is located. Basically, if you need to eat or drink at any time while you're at the Eastern, you can't. The sound at the Eastern is a marvel when compared to other venues that you get at shows of this scale, partially due to the fact that the space is much bigger and you can stand further away, music sounds less crushing and more surrounding. For heavier bands, it really changes the experience. If I had to describe the Eastern in one word, it would be glitzy. The entire venue feels very clean, chic, and polished. It's intentionally this way, and clearly sets it apart from other venues of its caliber. Less scuzz and more glam is what you're getting at the Eastern. We know about Bikini Kill, we know about their music, and we know a bit about the Eastern. The question is, how do they come together, 
and why do I think this show is worth your time? 1. Bikini Kill are essential figures in punk, and not giving them the respect and attention they deserve feels like sacrilege for someone who considers themselves a punk fan. They finally reunited in 2017 after a 20-year hiatus, and we don't know how long they'll be touring and if they'll ever come back to Atlanta again. Do you want to have missed this hallmark opportunity or be able to say you paid your respects? 2. The band is quite literally known for their riotous, captivating live shows. Before they became household names and had easily accessible studio releases, Bikini Kill built their sound and brand around live performance. Some of their music is even specifically designed for it. If you already love their music and want to hear it in the most raw format, or if you want to have the best introduction to the band possible, a live show is undeniably the best way to achieve both of these goals. 3. While I don't think the Eastern is the best fit for Bikini Kill, I think the venue works as a great way to make the show more inviting to those who don't want to potentially lose their teeth in a mosh pit. It might be a bit too open and glamorous for the sound and feeling, but the kids can have their phone on the floor, while those who want to just listen, drink, and soak in the music can easily do so. The music will sound great and be fun either way, so I don't think the venue squanders the show. The only thing left to do is buy your ticket and enjoy a night of rowdy, raunchy, and culturally important live music. Links to purchase tickets can be found on Bikini Kill's website at bikinikill.com, or the Eastern's website at easternatl.com. That's it for Digging Underground's content recommendation for the week of March 27th. As always, I am Michael King, and thank you for listening to my ranting, raving, and recommending. If you want updates, extra materials, and information for upcoming shows, general music recommendations, or just like what we do here at Digging Underground, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Digging Underground. Rest up for now, but be sure to leave everything on the floor of the venue this weekend. I'll see you next Monday to help you plan for the next one.